I'm going to make sure you know I'm upset with what you have done. And so verse 6 shows that it made the mark. Who did this? The Philistines demanded. And the reply was Samson, because his father-in-law, Timnah, gave Samson's wife to be married to his best man. And so here's the twist here. The Philistines strike back by going to the woman and her father, and they burn them to death. This is an irony within the story, because the only reason why she's in this condition now is because the men threatened to burn her and her father if they did not give her, if she did not give them the riddle, the answer to the riddle that Samson presented. And so she begged Samson and got him to answer the riddle, and so she was freed at that moment at that time to not be burned by her countrymen, but now because her father wronged Samson and gave her to the countrymen, now they come and do burn her and her father and her house. But here's again about Samson, how we still loved her and cared for her, though he was wrong and abandoned. It says Samson and Samson was devastated by what the Philistines did, did during this harvest time. And so, what, so what does he do? He strikes back again. And so because they attacked uh, his father-in-law and his wife, as he still saw them to be, uh, this action now makes it even more what he's going to do, verses 7 and 8. Because you did this, Samson vowed, I won't rest until I take my revenge on you. So he attacked the Philistines with great fury and killed many of them. Then he went to live in a cave in the rock of Edom. So now you can see there's a, a, a repetition here, right? You attack me, I attack you back. And this, this, this opportunity is coming. So here's the situation, right? God has placed Israel in the promised land. They are to be living in time of peace and comfort. But yet, they are living comfortably with the Philistines who rule over them. And so they are comfort, comfortable with this idolatry. They're comfortable with those who are living contrary to the covenant that God has called. And so here it is. Now that God is using Samson to help eliminate and remove the enemy from them, as he told that Samson will begin the deliverance of Israel. And the, the Philistines get hit hard by Samson, Samson understanding that he's going to get retribution. So he goes, finds refuge in the rock um, in Edom. And so that's a, a place of most times in times of pain of war that you, they will find refuge in the rocks, right? A hard terrain to come and a way that you can have your back covered and see your enemy coming. So the Philistines look to return to attack Samson now, right? You got this back and forth going. And so here's the situation. The Philistines related by setting up a camp in Judah and spreading out near the town of Lehi. The men of Judah asked the Philistines, why are you attacking us? The Philistines replied, we've come to capture Samson. We've come to pay him back for what he did to us. The presence of the Philistines threatening the Israelites Again, showing how Philistines were encamped and around them, but now Samson being an irritant to the Philistines has caused an irritation with the relationship. That's sometimes we have to have in our lives, that we get comfortable living in sin. We get comfortable living in conditions that everybody else has been 
silent about or been complicit about or been acceptable about that it takes someone to speak up to cause the irritation and for some to start realizing that there's something wrong here. There's something that should be addressed here. And so the people were asking the Philistine, well, why are you attacking us? What's wrong here? Understanding that they ruler, their judge, Samson, has striked them and has hurt them. And, and here's the situation in our lives that sometimes that we become so comfortable we need someone on the outside to stir some things up to help us realize what needs to be changed in our lives. Israel's still not grabbing on that they need to change and repent and turn back to God. Instead, they'd be like, okay, we go get Samson. And so here's the situation that are we willing to stand up for what is right? Or are we willing to go with the flow and not cause any ruffles and cause any ripples or cause any irritation because we're fearful of, of retribution? But we got to really be willing to speak up and stand up for what is true. But here it is. They come and get Samson. And Samson says, like, like why y'all coming to get me? And they're like, well, the Philistines, man, they, they after us. So, hey, we need to get you so they will stop messing with us. And how true it is that sometimes we want to blame the messenger instead of looking at the problem that we're dealing with. So now they're angry at Samson, trying to remove their overload and so that they can have freedom. And now they're mad at him. They want to turn him in. So it says that 3,000 men of Judah, 3,000, they understand that Samson is not just one person somebody can go and talk to. So they came in numbers. 3,000 men of Judah went down to get Samson at the cave in the rock of Edom. They said to Samson, don't you realize the Philistines rule over us? What are you doing to us? But Samson replied, I only did it to them what they did to me. But the men of Judah told him, we have come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. All right, Samson said, but promise that you won't kill me yourselves. We will only tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. They replied, we won't kill you. So they tied him up with two new ropes. And brought him up uh, from the rock. Samson, with all his flaws and complexities, uh, still is the ruler of Israel. But they reject him. They bound him up and they take him to the enemy. Uh, Samson allows his countrymen to bring him to the enemy, bound. He's willingly accepting as long as they promise not uh, to harm him. And so... As Samson arrived at Lehi, the Philistines came shouting in triumph. But the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson, and he snapped the ropes on his arms as if they were burnt strands of flax, and they fell from his wrist. Then he found the jawbone of a recently killed donkey. He picked it up and killed 1,000 Philistines with it. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, I piled them in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've killed a thousand men. When he finished his boasting, he threw away the jawbone, and the place was named Jawbell, Jawbone Hill. This, when it says Samson arrived at Lehi, uh, this name is kind of a, what you say, a foretelling. Uh, at the moment of time, this place was not called Lehi, but this word Lehi in the Hebrew can be translated to jawbone to document the account of Samson defeating all these Philistines, these thousand Philistines, with a jawbone of a donkey. And so this great feat that Samson does and defeating his enemy, I want to point out, 
that God has empowered him and strengthened him so far to be an opportunity um, to work with them. Samson um, is so far kind of looks like a, a good character in the process, and he still has not seemed to do anything totally wrong, but he did mess with the carcass. He broke his vow, right, messing with the lion, not touching any of the dead. It seems like he possibly might have been in, in drinking of the vine, participating in the, in the wedding feast. But yet here it is. God is still giving him strength and power to defeat the enemy. I want to encourage you to understand that God is still with us, even in the midst of our flaws, in the midst of our complexities, in the midst of our shortcomings. God is still able to use us for his glory and for his purpose because we were created uh, for his glory. We were created to do great things for the kingdom of God. And so when we can surrender to him and submit to the spirit and not to the flesh, we're able to see the goodness that God will do in our lives. And so we can see that in the in our highs and our lows, God is with us. And so not only does Samson defeat them and have a, a kind of a peak experience, right, a, a mountaintop experience. Things look great. Things go well. Uh, he was bound. He broke them out. And he, he, he took those who, who were soon to be his captives, have been now defeated. But verse 18 and 20 shows us that Samson was now very thirsty. And he cried out to the Lord, you have accomplished this great victory by the strength of your servant. Must I now tie, die of thirst, and fall into the hands of these pagans? So God caused water to gush out of a hollow in the ground at Lehi, and Samson was revived as he drank. Then he named the place the spring of the one who cried out. And it is still in Lehi to this day. Samson judged Israel for 20 years during the period when Philistines dominated the land. Now he is weak. And he seeks the Lord's help once again. But yet Samson's tone does not sound um, grateful uh, as it sounds more as a spoiled brat. Uh, but God's love is greater than his flaws. God's love is greater uh, than his tone. Uh, it's a beautiful thing that God still provided for him and caused water to come out for him. Uh, Samson names the place the spring of the one who cried out. Thank God that he hears us uh, when we cry out. God is always near. Even in our, our, when we are not faithful, God is forever faithful. Thank God that he provides for us even when our attitude is not the best and we don't show the best appreciation. God still is in the provision business. Thank God that he responds to us even in our flaws, even in our complexities, even in the midst of our sin. We have a God that can show us mercy and grace to help us to overcome. And so let's think about how we look at Samson now, that in his, in his time that God blessed him with strength, in his weakness God blessed him with provision, that we must understand that our God is our God, and he will always be our God, how we must always surrender and submit uh, to his spirit and acknowledge, God, that you are God and I am not. You are strong and I am weak. And so I want to take some time of reflection and think about can we acknowledge our own flaws, our, our own weaknesses? Some of us may not think we have any weaknesses, but I'll just say be a reminder what someone says to you about some of your weaknesses, some of your flaws. They have maybe told you some things that you didn't like to hear about yourself. You may not see them to be an issue, but they see them to be an issue. Seek God and ask God, say, Lord, reveal to me my shortcomings, reveal to me my flaws so that they will not have mastery 
over me. So they will not rule over me, but I will be submissive to your spirit. I will seek to have humility and walk in humility, walk in meekness uh, before your presence, almighty God. Uh, may we continue to look to realize that that God will give us peak experiences and then our lows, that God is still able to lift us up and provide for us. May we understand that we are not perfect. We all have issues. We all have complexities. But yet our God's love never runs out. May we be encouraged to know that our God loves us. He's able to reach us and we're never beyond his grasp. We're never beyond his reach. We're not outside of his earshot. He hears us. He sees us and he knows us. And so I want to encourage us that don't think that you are too messed up. Don't think you are you've done some things that's beyond understanding or beyond the reach of God. But know that God desires for us to repent and know salvation. So I pray that you can turn your heart back to him. I pray that you continue to trust in him. I pray that you allow the spirit to lead you and guide you and direct you as you are trusting in God to to live out your best life, to live out your purpose as you're waiting for him to call you back home over in glory and that we'll be in this new heaven and this newer, but may we walk out this kingdom journey here on earth. Truly trust in the Lord. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. May we continue to trust him, realize that in words and all, he loves us. We're flawed, we're complex, we're not perfect, but yet he loves us. His grace is everlasting. His mercy is everlasting. Our God is forever faithful. And so let us pray to our grateful God. Father, we thank you. And you are forever faithful, that you are gracious and your love is, is overwhelming. And Father, forgive us for times that we've made it more about us than about you. Forgive us for times, God, that we allowed our weaknesses uh, overwhelm us and we surrender to them. But Father, we realize that when we are weak, then we are strong. And may we find power and strength in you. As you be our God, as you be our provider, you be our protector. And so we're forever trusting in you. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. God bless you. As we now prepare uh, to break bread and drink of this cup, if you may get uh, your communion portion uh, as we join in. 1 Corinthians 11, chapter verses 23 to 26 says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in peace and said, This is my body, which is given to you. Do this and remember to me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink of it. For every time you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you are announcing Lord's death until he comes again. Let us pray. Uh, Father, Lord, we ask you to bless this bread and bless this cup. Lord, as we do this until you come back again. Father, we understand that you were beaten for us. You were broken for us. You died for us. Your blood was shed for us that we might know the redemption of sin. So draw us close into your presence. May we continue to submit and be one with you as we eat together. So let us, with humility, eat together the bread. Likewise, in humility, let us drink together.
encourage you to sing a hymn uh, with your family or loved ones or with yourself or maybe you have a favorite song you can play on your on any the VIP device or speaker and uh, sing a hymn of worship to our Lord. Until we meet again, Jesus loves you and so do I. God bless.